0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and twelve eighty. in the zone. Hey, we got NBA basketball tonight. The Utah Jazz are back, baby. Spurs at home. First of five in a row at home. Finally, the all-star break is over. We talked with Craig Bullerjack late in yesterday's show, and also Joe Ingles. We thought we'd play them for you, the early risers. Joe's coming up later in the hour. Here's Craig Bullerjack with PK and I. Joined now by the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bullerjack. And he is on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung. Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you.
1: It's radio voice TV face. Not TV voice. That's
0: actually he is the TV voice. But I get your point, Bowler. Good morning. Thank goodness, because what a face. How are the pipes, Bowler? (laughs) Hey guys, how are you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, good. I'm ready to go. Let's uh, let's play two. Yeah, Uh, Friday, Saturday. Why not?
1: PK, how are you? DJ. We are eager to get Hoop back.
0: Let's go, yeah. let's go, let's go. You don't realize how much a part of your life it is until it isn't there. Like, man, I'm spending a lot oh, of time watching amazing. the NBA.
2: You know, you step away and it's good, and you think, okay, your, your mind still is focused on it uh, during the break uh, because you know what's ahead, and you got 28 games to go and five more at home, uh, which is a, the longest homestand of the year, including the one uh, prior to the All-Star break uh, with Miami. So... You know, then you got the another long road trip. One more, one more long road trip. Uh, you know, starting in the month of March. But March is, hey, March is uh, that's that's a pretty brutal every other day schedule. So, take advantage of home while you're here.
1: Oh, for sure with these 5 games coming up right off the bat. I mean, they can really solidify themselves. I guess they can go south too, but my thought is if you find a way to go 5 and 0 for the rest of the season, you're going to be battling for the second seed.
2: Yeah, I would agree. And then you have to hit the road for Cleveland, uh, which is in turmoil, uh, as we know. Uh, New York turmoil, Boston. Uh, you know, we'll see them what twice in what ten days. Uh, so we'll see, you know, how that goes. In Detroit, I mean, those are winnable ball games. Obviously, PK is just, you know, as you know, on the road. And then Toronto. I'm just looking ahead. Oklahoma City on the road. That's a one-nighter. New Orleans, Memphis here, Lakers here, and then the Lakers there. And then back to play Minnesota. Then you just—it's like a ping pong match, man. It's one home, one away, one home, one away to kind of finish out the month with Atlanta, Chicago, and Cleveland. So, yeah, there's a lot of winnable games on that schedule. Um, they've been through a pretty brutal stretch, and there's you know, like you said, take advantage while you can while you you know you're fresh. You come home, and you start with San Antonio and Houston on a Friday Saturday. And, uh, you know, get off to a good start. And the guys I know go back to work and uh, meet up and practice at, what, later this afternoon at 1 o'clock. So everybody gets back to town and try to, you know, refocus their uh, their thoughts back to the game.
0: When last we left you, you know, like one of those uh, (laughs) TV shows from your youth, when last we left you. (laughs) Mike Conley was everybody's uh, favorite uh, target. He was just, uh, you know, he was everything that was wrong with the Jazz. Holy cow, you could just watch Twitter just light up. But watching the, the handful of games they played in February, and I know it's a small sample size, it's four or five games, but there's this run where he averages 20 points and five rebounds and five assists. As, you know, he, like, he's looking good against the Rockets. And I don't know if you're aware, but the Jazz have had problems with the Rockets. And they won that uh, yeah. game, and he had a great game. And I'm thinking, a couple, I think several things happened here that got him off to a slow start. One, you know, different team, different teammates. He had this pick-and-pop guy. Now it's a pick-and-roll guy, right? And he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much because Donovan needs the ball, and Joe needs the ball, and, and uh, Bogdanovich is going to get his shots. And so it's different. So there's that, and then it's slowed down because he gets hurt and he doesn't play. And also, I think early on, he was out there with, with teammates, and, and the bench wasn't good enough. And whether it was Joe's stats or it was Conley's stats or Donovan Mitchell, you know when they're playing three on five or four on five because there's a guy or two who just aren't good enough offensively and they aren't getting defended, it made it everybody's life harder. Well, now when you're out there, it's five on five. They're not playing three on five. They got a bunch of guys, and he's adapted to the team, and he's gotten healthy, and maybe it'll just turn out to be four or five games, but I don't think so. It feels to me like he's turned a corner here, and things are clicking. How much of that are you buying, and how much is that, well, that's just what people want to buy, and we ought to all calm down.
2: Uh, Boy, that's a a great question. Again, uh, there was that break after that streak, as you mentioned, DJ, with the 20 and, and nearly five. Uh, and then, of course, the rest night and then the, 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 the ill night, I'm, you know, the flu night, whatever you want to call it, and then the all-star break. And so, you know, it's, again, we haven't seen Mike for a while. Uh, and the Jazz, you know, won those games. So you may, I think the most interesting point uh, that you made or the comment was shots, touches, and uh, who needs the ball in their hands. And I, th- I still think that's really part of the adjustment that I know people go crazy thinking that this time of year you still make adjustments. But let's go back to the point you made about health and him out of the lineup. The Jazz really rolling without him integrating him back in and then figuring out who's going to touch the ball, who gets the shots. Because your point is, Donovan has to have the ball in his hands, right? Joe's a better player with the ball in his hands because he facilitates Rudy Gobert and also can knock down the three. But Donovich has to have his shots. And then you have Mike Conley in that mix. And so that's part of this whole issue, too, of who handles a ball, who has the most shots on a particular night, and, of course, you know, the team having to understand Quinn's decision on who finishes games, who's hot at that particular time, and who's not, and they have to accept that role. So I think all that becomes part of this whole equation of the season is Mike's been in and out, uh, and then you have to reintegrate, and then you have to make adjustments, and how many guys like to do that once they find their own rhythm, then back off and have to give up shots to allow Mike to find his game complicated. You know, it sounds easier than it is, but it's not because everybody has rhythm and they, you know, they get into that shot selection PK of like it's mine, it's, you know, and I understand what play we're running and then another player comes in and feels like he has to kind of maybe prove himself again. And so I think it's just been kind of a season of ups and downs and flows of adjustments. There's a lot of offense as you mentioned though, DJ. A lot of offensive opportunities and a lot of guys who want the ball because they can shoot the ball and why the Jazz are number one in percentage in three-point shooting. So the offense is there, and then sometimes the defense struggles, as we've seen as well. So I'm anxious to see him get back on the floor and see where they are. And if Mike's healthy, how that continues to the next 28.
1: Yeah, you mentioned all valid points and everything you say, and you go Conley, we all agree, Uh, Bogdanovich, you didn't really mention him, but you'd put him in there, and obviously Joe and Donovan. And to me, the wild card is Clarkson, and you didn't even bring him up. How does he fit in?
2: Well, Moutier too, right? I mean, look what Moutier was able to do on a couple of short stints on the floor with Clarkson. That was a totally different uh, pace of game. Uh, PK, that the Jazz gave opponents when Moody and Clarkson were on the floor together. Both those players have a really innate ability to just uh, attack. Uh, they are guys who need the ball in their hands, and they rarely give it up, right? They're more like professional shooters and scorers, I guess. And that was a different combination that I don't think a lot of defenses were adjusting too well in the uh, prior to the All-Star break. So Moutier is another guy that has shown, He deserves minutes, but where do you put him, right? How do you work it out? There's not enough minutes and enough shots to go around. But that's a great point, too. Clarkson has been an absolute buzzsaw since coming over in the trade with the Cavs for Exum, and you have to allow him on the floor as well. That's a great point.
0: I don't mind the Moutier question about where you get a minute so much because I think over the course of an NBA season, the odds of everybody being healthy are just so slim. They are just so slim. And I also think on the second night of back-to-backs, when a team lacks a little spark or something, so whoever the odd man out is, and right now it looks like Moutier, I think that that's where... If you have a savvy agent and you got savvy coaches, or maybe the guy's a veteran he already knows, it's like, listen, right. somebody's going to get hurt or there's going to be a back-to-back. I just got to be ready because my chance, it's, it's coming. The odds are stacked yeah. in my favor. I'm going to get a yeah,
2: little here. And he's proven that, right? Yeah. I mean, he jumped yeah. off the bench and was instant offense when, uh, when Conley took the rest night. And I'm anxious to see if that continues this weekend, right? Because the Spurs are in town tomorrow and then the Rockets on Saturday. Will the Jazz stay true to form? with the protocol for Conley to rest his knee. So, and that, again, allows Moutier and Clarkson even more rotation minutes. So, again, we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, it's Quinn's show, and uh, we'll see how it works out. But it's, it's going to be a quite, a, quite a push, and I think you're right, too, with the way the schedule's built in March. There's a lot of games, and you may see it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the league, along with the Jazz, decide to use any of the rest protocol. Along the way, or if they just fight and fight uh, to try to grab that number two spot, because the two spot, um, and some say, why not make it, the, you know, why not beat the Lakers out? Well, you're gonna have to play uh, near perfect you know, basketball the rest of the way, but the two spot seems more reasonable, and that's a pretty sweet spot too. If you get into the uh, second round of the playoffs, and then maybe a Western Conference shot at the Lakers, so uh, yeah. we'll see.
1: Let's hope uh, the as you look at it. Uh post-trade deadline and some trickle-in as far as buyouts. It looks like Houston and the Clippers of the contenders are the ones that made the most significant changes. How do you see those two playing out with the changes and the additions that they've made?
3: Yeah,
2: that's uh, something, P.K., that again, teams are, those two teams are looking for that one final little piece and we know Jeff Green, right? Uh, and, and, and can he actually still, being off the floor for the last three months, Nearly three months, uh, you know, give them a little sense of something off the bench, maybe. Um, you know, Joe Johnson tried that as well, and it, it wasn't as successful as probably people had hoped. But still, you know, it's it's. I think it's just a piece that they look for a specialized player to push him over the hump in a tight game, or just a few extra minutes off the bench uh, with a couple of buckets here and there and a rebound. So, and leadership too, I think comes into play if uh, if that can. You know, also be a, a locker room guy that uh, can solidify a few things. So um, Clippers tough. Houston's trying to you know strengthen themselves, and uh, obviously we get uh, our own you know straight up look at them on on Saturday night. So uh, you know the Jazz stood pat. I think they're you know they're, they have to you know play with what they've got. I think their their move, as we know, was made with Clarkson uh, much earlier in the season, and that turned out to be a, a home run in my book. So. I think the Jazz are who they are, and, and, and um, hopefully less mistakes, less turnovers, and a little more continuity along the way, I think, uh, put the Jazz in a good position, especially with the five games coming up at home. Man, take advantage of that in the home crowd for sure.
0: So I always, uh, whenever somebody's lost, I'm always looking for the revenge angle, but that's because, you know, I've got a petty personality, and you know that as well Yeah. Well, as yeah, uh-huh. well possibly P.K. <laughs> knows it better, and he always points it out, so he's on it. Well, you uh, guys have been working together so but, long. You guys, right. you know, hit each other up all the time, man. Exactly.
1: Because, yeah, I'm saying.
0: So, <laughs> so I'm curious. I'm curious. The Jazz lost in San Antonio. How much does that matter the first game out of the break?
2: I think it's downplayed but in reality let's be honest what athletes a professional athlete doesn't want to say hey look um, we're better than you uh, I you know I, Quinn would probably say one game at a time we don't focus on that but internally yeah come on we're all competitive you better be at this level right I mean Houston's gonna be upset because Bogdanovich hit a hit a three ball right I mean all those things come into play it better because that's why you play the game because you're competitive. You're a competitor. Uh, and I would say, yes, absolutely. I mean, all, everyone knows uh, who beat whom on the last time out and, you know, would love to, you know, have payback. I think players play it down. In reality, you know, from my sensibility of, uh, over the years in sport, we all know competition is is, is one, number one. That's why you go out and play it every night.
0: Craig Bolojack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
1: I'm wondering what uh, Quinn Snyder does as far as you mentioned so many guys with the rotation, and it is there. And all. even Moutier, obviously, has been deserving of time. And normally, as the season winds down and you progress in the playoffs, rotations become shorter. But, you know, for years, the lot of jazz talking about the strength of the team being the team. Do you think he'll shorten it or keep it as is?
2: P.K. Okay, that's uh, strange you say that because I've already made a list of questions to kind of get a feel for what his, you know, his status, philosophy, and and moving forward attitude is. Number one on my list is rotation. You aren't, or you are astute. Uh, I, I don't know, but I would think with the talent they have, you can do a lot of different things on with different teams and rotations. That's the beauty of having a number of guys who can play, but also. The, the fear of do you alienate anybody and I don't think the jazz through all they've been through this year and who we know them as this you know bona fide solid team concept approach I don't know if anybody gets too uh, outside the the box with minutes and as long as they're winning right winning cures a lot of uh, a lot of questions and a lot of ills so but I think that's the number one thing how does he do it um, does he try to Keep guys in fluid rotation minutes, or if you chop them up, you do take the chance of having somebody lose some of that tempo uh, just to appease a guy to play six uh, instead of playing a guy who deserves more minutes because he's you know got a hot hand. I'm anxious to PK to see if he stays with the Donovan rotation when he's, he comes down earlier in the first quarter, or if he plays him longer. Uh, maybe actually, you know, puts him into this, you know, makes may, maybe starts him early into the second quarter and rotates Clarkson back in. I don't know. There's a lot of questions to be answered. And, uh, again, we'll get some answers tomorrow night. But it's a great one. And I, one I'm going to, you know, I'll dig at uh, practice and shoot around to see. And we'll we'll kind of understand, too, in the next couple of games what Quinn's philosophy is going to be.
0: Bowler, as always, good to hear from you. And we will see you at the games. All right, guys. Great talking to you. See you soon. There's the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bollerjack. When we come back, BYU and Santa Clara. And also, PK going one-on-one with the guy who's played a big role in this year's team, Jake Toulson. That's next. Stay with us.
4: Take the Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. Good morning, DJ and PK.
0: It's 97-5 and twelve eighty. the zone. Well, the BYU Cougars get it done. The Utes, not so much. Utah suffering their second home loss of the year. They were really dominated by the UCLA Bruins. That was a 20-point game for a while, and they rallied, got it a little closer, but ended up losing 69-58. It's their worst home loss of the year. The other one to Oregon was close, came down to the final couple possessions. UCLA really took charge in the first half. And their defense, they never let the Utes get in a groove and get it rolling. So Utah takes the loss there. BYU at home had a 10-point halftime lead. Came out lethargic in the second half. Gave the whole thing away. Trailed Santa Clara. Game was actually tied at 66 with about four minutes to go. And T.J. Haas took over. He was great. Made buckets, made free throws, uh, threw some great passes to get some other guys some easy buckets. Finished with 28 points, nine assists. His fingerprints were over everything good that happened in the final four minutes for BYU. His fingerprints were all over it. Jake Toulson had 20 points and 10 boards. Yoli Childs was in foul trouble, which hurt the team, but he did have 22 points and 11 rebounds. Really productive when he was in there. And BYU gets out of there with a win, 85-75, and now they got Gonzaga Saturday night at home. Senior night, no pressure. They had the pressure against Santa Clara. No pressure against Gonzaga. If you lose, it doesn't hurt you. If you win, it really helps you. And they'll have all the emotion of senior night. So we'll see if they can take down a Gonzaga team that's only lost once all year. PK spent a few minutes with Jake Toulson uh, after practice on Wednesday. We're going to let you listen to their conversation right now. Toulson, who uh, was playing at UVU, transferred to BYU for his senior season. His whole backstory, it's a wild ride. PK gets into it with Toulson. Here they are on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: Here we are, coming down to the end of the regular season. You've had a real interesting college career, to say the least. And, and, you know, you still have a lot of games to play, so I'm not saying that the season's over. But, you know, you're coming down a couple of games left in the Marriott Center. How do you reflect upon uh, your college career?
5: Man, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been uh, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, but there's been a lot of growth, a lot of uh, a lot of learning. And and I'm just happy that I'm here and I'm you know finishing out uh, my career where I started it and on a great team that uh, um, that has a chance to do something. So yeah. I can't I can't uh, ask for anything more.
1: So you speak a lot of ups and downs, and you know the downs are chronicled to an extent. I think uh, if you follow the basketball program up here or UVU, you know your story. You probably know a little bit about it. How did you persevere through the downs?
5: I think um, I just I just knew that I, I wanted to to I wanted more and I I wanted to to make something out of it and I didn't want to give up I didn't want to give in um, you know a lot of people were telling me what what it was going to be like and what you know what was going to happen for me and I I didn't want to listen to that I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of. Write my own story, and and even though I was on a crooked path that you know wasn't very conventional, and you don't see a lot of people doing, I wanted to um, put everything I had into it, and and it's taken me um, to where I am today.
1: Did you have to lean on anybody or people?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, my wife deserves all the credit, Sarah. Um, I tell this story. You know, when we got married, it was after I had left BYU, and. And I told her, I don't know if I want to play basketball anymore. Like, I don't know um, if if that's something that that I should be doing. I don't know if it's for me. I don't know, even if I wanted to, where I would do it. And and she, she really just, uh, you know, wanted me to, she knew how much I loved it. She knew that we would get through it together and that she wanted me to just keep fighting. And uh, that's what I did. And... I think my parents deserve a ton of credit too just being there for me and supporting me um through this journey and it's been fun um because a lot of the lows were experienced together but the highs too so we've we've been on this journey together and we've been able to to grow together and and it's been it's been a lot of fun
1: was there tough love involved anywhere at any point
5: uh no i think i think um from those those people that I had mentioned, it was just, they wanted what was best for me. And I wouldn't say maybe tough love, but they, they believed, um, that this is what, you know, I was meant to do. And maybe when I didn't believe it, it it helped me believe it. It wasn't like an ultimatum or or threats or any of that type of tough love. It was more like strong love. Mm -hmm. Like they, they really, you know, knew that this was gonna, um, You know, this is what I was supposed to be doing.
1: So maybe, can we say as a point, whatever that might be, whenever that was, that they might believe in you a little bit more than you believe in yourself
5: at that, at a particular time? I think at times, yeah, for sure. They definitely carried me through um, some of those hard times in my life.
1: So now, obviously, you guys have put together a phenomenal season, not done yet, and still have a a lot to go, a lot to prove. So I don't want to put a capsule on it, but to this point, how rewarding has it been knowing of the prior struggles?
5: Yeah, I think it's been it's been well uh, the best year of my life, uh, my basketball career. Um, I think being a part of this team um, has has been so fun for me because I love my teammates and I love this coaching staff and the way BYU has welcomed me back is something that I had never thought um, you know would be possible. And you know I was a little nervous to come back and didn't know what to expect and didn't know you know what 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 uh what it was going to be like you know having left on kind of weird terms earlier in my career but the reception has been amazing and they made me feel right at home and um i think this year has has definitely been special and uh, like you said we we were just getting started
1: sometimes when, you know, I've interviewed people and they go through struggles and they look back and reflect, they say that, you know, I probably had to go through that to get where I'm at. Do you feel like that?
5: Absolutely. I think I was, I, I wouldn't be in this position today if, if it weren't for the uh, for the adversity that I have faced. I think a lot of people have, have this, you know, they try to avoid adversity and try to remain comfortable because it's hard. Nobody wants to, you know, Do hard things. Like nobody wants to choose to do that, at least. But I think once I started to embrace it, and once I started to accept it, then it's really become a strength for me. Like my back's been against the wall. I know what it's like. I know when people don't believe in me. I know what it's like to be told that you'll never do anything. Guess what? I, I, I made something happen, And, and that's that's strength for me. I know that. You know that that I'll always be um, able to, to have that with me and then, and then when the next thing happens that's really hard and then, I mean there's been hard things this year I know that I'm I'm built to to get through things and because because I've done it in the past I've had my back against the wall that I know how to get through it mm-hmm. because I've done it before so. so
1: in the world of social media When guys get out to transfer or even out of high school, the recruiting becomes so much more public than it was, say, when you were coming out of high school down in the Phoenix area. So my point is, when we hear that you were possibly going to leave UVU, you start hearing all these schools that are after Jake Toulson, and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's practically everybody but the NBA. Mm -hmm. It seemed like you had so many options. So it leads me to the obvious. Why BYU then?
5: I think... um because of the relationship that I have with Coach Pope and Coach Fieger and even Burge, um, just the trust that, that we've been able to, to establish over the years. Um, I've been with Coach Pope and Coach Fieger my pretty much my whole career because they were here when I came as a freshman. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of those hard times that we've talked about were with Coach Pope and Coach Fieger. And, and they were there, uh, you know, there for me. And so I think I, I, I just wanted to, to finish this thing with the people that I've been through it with. And, and I wanted to, it just seemed right to, to be able to, to, you know, give this thing a shot this year, mm-hmm. our best shot um, with the, the people that I've experienced, uh, you know, so much good and so much um, hard times that I wanted to, to finish it with those guys.
1: So with that in mind, you know, you were coming in not to basically be a secondary player, but to have a fairly significant role. So you had to have had some type of buy in from your teammates, right? Because if you just come in and they don't accept you, there might have been some issues. So how was that relationship reintegrating or integrating yourself with the guys as opposed to the coaches?
5: Yeah. Um, I, I can't even I can't even begin to, to talk about how special this group is, and how much uh, we love each other, and, and how much we've really bought into to what coaches is, uh, you know, teaching us. And um, they open they opened their arms to me, and, and they wanted me to, to be me, and, and gave me a voice. And um, I've been able to have an impact on this team just like they have on me. But um, I think what makes this group special is that we've all kind of had our own. Individual journeys, and we've all been through some adversity, and, and now it's our time to to really buy in and, and give it our best chance to win, and that's all that matters to mm-hmm. us right now is winning. So
1: I've been hearing a lot about you, you know, being a three-point shooter, but as I watch your game, you know, you're certainly more than just a standalone catch and shoot dude. Uh, how much has that developed over the years to you be able to get down low and do your stuff down there too, in addition to stepping outside?
5: Yeah, I think, Don't let, him bother you. let me turn on this side. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that it's, it's, it's taken time. Um, and, and over the years I've been able to, to develop confidence. I think I've always believed in myself and in my game and knew what I was capable of. It just kind of took, um, it kind of took some time to, to be able to go out there and do it. Um, uh, and I think uh, Coach Pope and Coach Fieger have really helped me learn a lot about the game and specifically my own game and, and what it means and what it's trying to tell me and uh, how to be how to be really efficient and how to, to impact winning and, and that's what really what I try to do is just in any way I can. Um, help the team and that's, that's what I'm about. But it's 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 been a journey for sure.
1: Senior night, uh, when you walk out on that floor and they call out your name, you know, you have your wife, I assume, your parents and all. How emotional is that going to be?
5: Yeah, I, I've, you know, I've thought about it a little bit. It's going to, you know, I don't know what it'll be like in the moment, but I'm, I'm expecting it to be pretty emotional. Um, just, you know, reflecting on the journey and, yeah. and how far I've come and, and, you know, where I'm at today. And so. You know, the last time, um, uh, putting on, putting on the uniform with the guys here in the Merritt Center, uh, I think it'll be, it'll be emotional, but it'll also be a great night and one that we'll remember forever.
1: Well, thank you, and good luck the rest of the way.
5: Appreciate it, man.
0: Good conversation there, PK with Jake Toulson, and BYU backs it up with that win over Santa Clara. Now, can they beat Gonzaga Saturday night? All right, more of that to come. But
4: next, it's Joe Ingles. Stay with us.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles joined us at the very end, the very last segment of yesterday's show. We're going to replay that for you right now. Here's Joe Ingles with PK and I. Hey,
4: yeah! This is The Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, oh, oh,
0: the Joe Ingalls Show is brought to you by your hard-working friends at Mountainland Supply for all your plumbing and irrigation needs. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe Ingalls joins us now. Joe, good morning. Good morning, y'all. Refreshed and revitalized after the All Star break, we saw you on the treadmill getting your uh, getting your work in. You good to go?
3: <laughs> Do that probably too many times. No, yeah. Um, it's always yeah. I mean, it's always a, a fun time of the year I mean, for us to have a little break and. Spend some time with the family and the kids and all that, and um, obviously a lot of guys get away and kind of do what they need to do, and um, yeah, you just come back. You, you obviously feel a bit more fresh than what you did going into it, and ready to finish off the year, um, make a little push and, and obviously then have the playoffs.
1: As you've gotten older, has your training changed?
3: Um, I mean, po- yeah, probably bits and pieces. I think. As you get older, you understand your body more and what you need to do and what you don't need to do. I think is when you're younger, uh, you probably just go 100 miles an hour all the time because you want to keep working and keep getting better. Um, I think as you get older, um, I know me now when we have a chance to have a day off and, and stuff like that, I, I feel like it's uh, a day to really use that day and then have some time off and... Um, not even physically all the time, but mentally with the kids to be able to hang out with the kids every day and so I think as you get older, you just diet wise training wise um, you you just really keep honing in on on what you really need to do to to keep playing at a at a high level
0: so how much do you go by uh by feel and how you feel and how you think you need to feel, and how much is this all computers and the strength and conditioning staff has a you know Day by day program for you, and you, and you really follow that as opposed to how you feel. Um,
3: I mean, there's probably a bit of both involved with in it. I think. I mean, the jazz um, medical team that, if they're listening, would hate me because I hate going by the computers and the numbers and stuff like that. Um, I personally like going off feel, um, but. Uh, I think with some of the technology and stuff these days, there is stuff that you can look at and that's, that's obviously useful. Um, but if you were if you were just asking me, I would I would I prefer going. I feel if I feel like I'm tired, I'm going to do the day. If I feel like I'm good, but the computer says I'm not, uh, you know what I mean? It's it's one of those weird things. But obviously, we, we've got a pretty unreal medical staff and team, and um, they've obviously got our best interest. So we we obviously do listen to all their information and what they say. Um, but if you're, if you're just asking me, I'll, I'll go off you.
1: So we as fans, Joe, we look, you got 28 games. You start off the All-Star break uh, with five home games. You're a game and a half on behind second. And so we obsess about all these things, about you got to make your move to be at the end of this five-game road team. got to be in second place, blah, 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 blah. You guys get into that or don't even worry about it?
3: Um, I mean, not right now. I think right now, it's just as I know it doesn't sound like kind of too many, but there's still a lot of games to go, and I think that I mean obviously every game is important. I think, and especially with how close it kind of the standings are, you can win or lose a game and, and be in a completely different um, position and all that. So I think our team—it's um, not something that we need to talk about every day and, and um, keep kind of preaching it. I think we just. Well, we understand it's an important time of the year. Um, every game is obviously uh, as important as the next. and um, Obviously, you want to be, be winning and playing well and, and high up on the ladder, but you, at the end of the day, you, like you said, you want to be playing well and um, heading into the playoff. Um, I think as it gets closer and there's 5, 10, 15 games and you can really see kind of where you can finish. Um, by that point, other teams might be doing whatever they're doing, so... Um, right now, I just take every game as it is and, and obviously uh, kind of go into each game knowing how important
0: they are. The games are a blur. There are so many of them. But I'm curious when you come up on a team and you've just played them and you've just lost to them, if that get you a little more fired up obviously you're going to play san antonio you just lost there obviously then you're going to play houston and they could be fired up because you just beat them on a last second shot there but the game some comes so fast and furious do, do guys dial into that stuff or no
3: um i, I think certain there, there's certain teams or games or situations that that make you kind of excited to play that team again um I know. I think it was last year, the year before, when we lost to Dallas by forty or fifty or whatever it was. We we was we wanted to play them kind of right away. We wanted to play them again. Obviously, with the, the loss that we had, and credit to them for for kicking our ass. But um, there's certain situations, certain games that you want to. Watch. We lost to San Antonio, and um, we we didn't really play kind of too well at all that game. And um, so you remember, like you, you definitely have memories of kind of that last situation or something you could have done better or, you, um, whatever, it was or whatever it is. So we'll be, I think the guys that we, and, and just putting in the break too, you know, everyone's kind of itching to, to get back out there and play a game. and um, So I think our guys will be ready to go and and then obviously have to back it up the next night against a, a good Houston team who's just added some more pieces to them. And um, yeah, we've got to back it up, um, obviously beating them the last time we played them.
1: So, can I get a selfie with you? Please? <laughs>
3: yeah, there it is. <laughs> I, I knew you knuckleheads were going to bring this. Up.
1: <laughs> you brought it up. What do you mean, us knuckleheads? <laughs> that, created me quite a, yeah, that created quite a stir.
3: It did. Uh, mm-hmm. Much more than I uh, anticipated. <laughs> um, it's funny, because i I don't, know how many, I, mean, I don't know how many people have seen and a lot of people would be able to have my back on this, but whenever I sign autographs, like walking off the court or whatever and people put the, the jerseys or whatever in your face and I always say to them, like, say please. Like, oh, can you sign this? Just say please. Like, I'm more than happy. I'll sign everything in the world if, if everyone in the world says please. And, um, yeah, just I think it'd been one of those things that, like I'd constantly talk about it and do it to fans, to kids, to to older people, to whoever it was. Um, And then the other day um, I had a phone shoved in my face and I was with Renee and we were just kind of, it was nice to just be with my wife for once. And um, yeah, I just said, oh, can you say please? And then he made the little remark back, but whatever. It It happened. He actually apologized to me. He posted, I think he posted the picture of us. I still obviously had the photo with him and he apologised and said obviously he was pretty excited and um not a problem, so um I'm glad he got his photo. I was his youngest son's favourite player, so I told him to little to his son, so it was all good. But it's just a, a general I mean, it's just like basketball player or not, doctor seven eleven, wherever you work, it doesn't matter where you work, if if you're asking someone to do something or Return, like whatever it is, it's like please and thank you. It's like the most common, easy courtesy in the world. So, um, yeah, it definitely blew up way more
0: than (laughs) (laughs) what I thought it was going to. I was literally on Twitter going through the replies, knowing that it would come up when we talked. Right. right? And I, and you know, you, and another one, and another one, I keep going. I'm like, wow, this is quite a few.
3: Honestly, when I was like, I didn't read all of them because I, I was saying every time I opened my phone, it was like hundreds of replies every time. I'm like, this is just getting ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that like, I was even, like, I hundreds some of the replies. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm actually in the wrong. Like, Maybe I should have just not said anything and just smiled when, and I'm like, no, like <laughs> the amount of replies, like I was like, maybe I, maybe I should have just like shut up and took, took the photo. I was like, no, that's not the right. Like, There were so many different replies and answers, and um, I'm sure the world will know now. Just say please, and I'll I'll take a photo.
1: Well, thank you for thank you for reminding us to be polite. Sometimes we need a little refresher.
3: Yeah. Well, and the thing that really irked me was the guy that wrote, uh, "I make twelve million dollars, and I should just shut up and sign it." Basically, I'm like, I don't care if I make a dollar. Obviously, I'm very. Fortunate and lucky to make what I make, and I don't take that for granted. But it doesn't doesn't whatever anyone makes, it doesn't. Like I said, if I go and buy a Coca Cola from Seven Eleven, I'm still going to say thank you to the person. Like I'm not just going to walk out. Like it's just common courtesy to say please and thank you. So, I hope everyone knows. I've had a few people actually bump into me since that and have joked about it and all that. So definitely uh, got out there.
0: Okay, so, so what I want now from our listeners to separate you out from all the people who saw it on social media, and I don't know how many people saw it on social media because literally I hit it with my thumb to get it flying by. i hit it like three times. I didn't hit the end, so I thought there could be like 10,000 of these now. I'm not going to look at them all. Man. But to separate us out from them, I want people who see you, who are listening to this, say, DJ and PK remind us to say please and thank you. Just to crack you up. I didn't. Let's see if we can get that. I didn't even by. hear what he said then. He whispered, and it went. <laughs> I want them to say, "DJ and PK remind us to say please and thank you." They're all sitting in their
3: car right now, doing it. <laughs> all that right. So the great, other uh... thing,
0: the other thing, social media wants us to ask you. Although I'm pretty sure we've covered this a couple of times. Uh, now yeah, you that
3: got real, you got real upset about it, right? now that. Now we... that I want someone to
0: answer the question, <laughs>
3: ask me a question. Will you guys please just do it? Nice. <laughs>
0: thank you we will (laughs) Um, you're going back to Australia five minutes after you retire from the NBA right there's a lot of friends and family you have not spent a lot of time with because you've been off playing basketball on multiple continents it's
3: funny um, because yes that's the answer I am going to go back to Australia when I retire 100% Um, Mm -hmm. but we spent all star break here um, because the kids are in school and Jacob needs to stay in in therapy as much as we can and, and obviously they're the the priorities so we decided to stay and obviously them being in school and me not having practice me and Renee actually got to spend a bit of time together and hang out go around and drive around and whatever and um it was the reason I had wrote that reply to the guy that asked it was that I could like I could if I wasn't so desperate to get home like I could see myself living here like if I if I had to live here and. I got an amazing job after and I wanted to stay and Renee was American or whatever the situation was and we ended up having to live in America, I could easily, very easily live in Salt Lake. And I wouldn't have said that four, five, three, probably three, four, five years ago, but the last couple of years being here more. And I understand like the kids love it. The kids love the schools they're at. Renee's really comfortable and having, here now with um, the group of friends that we've got. and, um, yeah, and just spending this last week here without having to go and practice, um, it was just really nice. It was nice to be able to get around and see a bit of the city and go to some restaurants and cafes. And, um, so if I had to live in America, I would live in some of But yes, I will still be on the first flight home. <laughs>
1: Uh, would would there be, and, and you should be where your family and friends are, and that's where that's that's your home, so no, no one would begrudge you about that. But there would be any, I don't know what the word would be, not sorrow or regret, but would you feel to an nah. extent that you would miss out because you could probably get a job working in the NBA, and maybe you could be a scout down there, I don't know, but seems like you could have an opportunity to be an executive of some sort in the NBA, and if you're down in Australia, you can't do that.
3: Yeah, I've definitely, um, I don't know if like regret's the white word or right. whatever right. Um, word is that I want to use, but um, without being clearly a confident, cocky basketball, I, I do think I'd be a, a decent um, kind of front office. Yeah. Uh, I think I would enjoy that. I think it's something that I would be good at, um, putting a team together and seeing players. Um, I, tell, I tell Dennis all the time I'm going to take his job one day. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean it's just not I guess with our, our situation with, with Renee and the kids and, and obviously being from Australia, um Renee's got her masters in high performance sport. She she wants to work when we go back to Australia and kind of work within um the netball world, the the, the sporting kind of world and um I mean she could probably do that here. I have no doubt in her ability. Um but I think she wants to to do that in Australia, and obviously um, the kids, like you said, the family and all that is is a big part of it. But um, Renee wants to, to go and to go back and work and um, and do what she wants to do. And obviously, she's <laughs> chased me around the years. By the end of whenever I end up playing, um, I mean even just by the end of this contract, it's going to be like 14, 15 years or something of being away. So um, we'll definitely move back. Maybe I can do something in Australia. I'd love to, obviously, still be involved with the jazz somehow. Um, yeah, if that was possible, because obviously they've they've given our family a lot. So um, yeah, we'd love to still be involved if that's coming back, or, or actually maybe out to be employed somehow. Um, but I will be based in Melbourne, Australia. Well, you're Joe- more than welcome to come visit me.
1: Oh, absolutely, man! I was watching. I know you're not into golf, but they not, had man. they had uh, some international competition uh, uh, down there uh, a while back, and they kept showing the city. And my gosh, it just looked awesome! You know, when they're coming in and out of uh, uh, commercial breaks, they would show the city because yeah. it was there. And I thought to myself, they'd
3: probably deny you going in. You <laughs> get to the, you'd land in Australia, and they'd send you back
0: to uh, to America.
1: I'd be on my best behavior, but it sure looks sweet. I got to admit it
0: <laughs> it is so I did a week in Sydney, and you told me that's not the best Australian city, and I thought it was awesome, so if there's stuff better than that, look out but that's like that's
3: like me coming here and trying to say that like Salt Lake's the best place in 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 America to live, and obviously, I've only lived here, so I think it's great, and I could live here, but I'm sure there would be a lot of other people that. Yeah. Would say Salt Lake sucks and the nightlife <laughs> sucks, and um, so it's one of those. I, I live in Melbourne. I'm, well, I'm not from Melbourne. I've been there in Melbourne since I was 17, and I think it's the best city in the world, not just in in Australia, but um, I'm sure there's lots and lots of people in Australia that disagree with that as well. So. Yeah.
0: All right, Joe, well, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on. We love it. And uh, we're going to love watching a bunch of home games here in a row. So thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be watching you play. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, there's Joe
4: Ingles. He joins us every week. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.